Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. And joining us now to talk about the NBA Finals, one of our favorites, Rick Camp from 4 for 4 Bets and Betsperts. Follow him on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. And Rick, let's jump right on into this idea of Miami having heat culture. Whatever the heck that is, apparently heat culture is a really, really good thing. But we don't talk about Nuggets culture very much. So was there any way to kind of quantify what heat culture and Nuggets culture are? I think it's more of just a standard of what they look for in players. And the way you can say that it matters is, especially if you look at what what do the Nuggets do different than the Celtics if you use Miami as a control group there. And it's, Boston's dumb offensively like they really just are maybe that's partially just Joe Missoula not getting a whole training camp not getting to you know set his what wants and and whatever that ends up being but with Denver it's okay Miami can throw stuff against the wall and they're going to as they should but Jokic is incredibly smart with the ball like his two-man game with Jamal Murray like there's the synchronicity that the other is so impressive that it's, you know, you see how tight some of those windows are that they're still willing to throw passes to each other. And I think that's something that Miami does well that scared Boston is they flash into a passing lane and then Boston wouldn't trust the pass. And then they would just go ISO or they would go to a pass that's more advantageous for the defense. Denver's going to do what they're going to do. So, I think it's two teams that have a standard of what type of player they look for. It's slightly different between the teams, but I think it'll show a little bit in the series what Denver what Denver is and how they are mentally resilient and they've shown that throughout the season, you know, outside of their, you know, their hiatus they took before the end of the regular season. So, it's just another one of those things where when you look at this matchup, it's it's a reason you see why the spread is what it is. You have Denver Futures because you always have Denver Futures. Uh, I've been making fun of Rick for years because he would always bet the Nuggets. Right. Uh, so, and, and you've cashed some. Uh, Jokic a couple years ago in the first MVP was a uh, monster ticket. How are you handling this? You're looking at the Heat plus 300. If they lose night, imagine what that number is uh, going to balloon out to. Are you hedging going in? Do you have some sort of a game plan to hedge? I'm thinking... After game one, I'll, I'll probably hedge a little, not a lot. Because I, I still think Denver's winning these, uh, you know, the minus one and a half is just so juiced to hell that you can't touch yeah. it. Really, the, the market's really sharp for what a lot of people, including myself, think this series is going to be. So it's tough to find anything that way. I still I can't touch the two and a half just partially because of the juice and partially because I want to give respect to Miami in that regard. So series-wise, I'm being a little more conservative knowing what I personally have going in. If I was coming in fresh, like, I think I would have to wait just to just wait and see if there's an opportunity somewhere because I'm not going to recommend anybody laying the juice for minus one-and-a-half games or what the series spread is. And, you know, minus two-and-a-half if you want. It, it is a plus number, but it's not as much of a plus number as I would like to be able to play it. I think last I saw, like, plus 120 was the best number on the market for minus two and a half. And Miami is good enough, and while the coaching 
disparity is nowhere near as large as it was last series. Michael Malone is a really good coach. You know, Miami could do some things, and if they are able to keep their shooting going, then there's an opportunity. But I do think if Denver won, as I expect, and I'm sure vast majority of people expect, yeah, game two is the, uh, like after game one is one I'll probably put just a little on uh, the heat to win the series. Because having that ex- that second extra day between these games is probably going to be really huge for Jimmy Butler, for Bam, for like all the heat that have like those nagging injuries going on. So excited you're on with us. Game one tonight. And how do you see this one playing out? You know, the Nuggets, we, we know the story. They've got the rest, the altitude, all of that. And, of course, the spread, eight and a half to nine, depending on where you do the shopping. I looked at first half. It's four and a half to five and a half, which I thought was ridiculous. So I wouldn't bet the Nuggets I, that. But first quarter, Rick, minus two and a half on the Nuggets is intriguing to me. I'm curious what you think about that. I agree, because as much as it's been brought up that, you know, Miami, they, you know, taking game ones and then they get off to the good start and whatever, Denver is undefeated at home in the playoffs and they get off to great starts. And part of it is they push the pace even more in in uh, early in games and then the game might slow down a little bit depending on turnovers and all the other, other normal factors for pace, but I, especially with all everything that's spoken about, the altitude, the lack of days off, could there be a rust factor to start the game shooting-wise? Yeah, I guess it's possible. But when you look at the numbers of how teams with this much rust have fared in game ones, I'll take those chances. Denver tends to get out to a big lead, have that, give that first punch in game one, and in most of their home games. So if I was to play something sidewise, it would be Nuggets in the first quarter. Perhaps the most impressive thing when it comes to the Heat for me is they don't really have a big lineup. They have a ton of small to really small lineups that can be really effective against, say, a team like the Celtics with a lot of length. But now you're going up against Jokic, who, you know, in terms of size, his ability to pass, his ability to rebound, that is a really different challenge than, say, what the Celtics presented. How can the Heat slow down Jokic? And if they can't, how are you betting on Jokic uh, beyond just, you know, say, MVP, which is minus 350? Not great value there, but maybe there are other ways to bet on Jokic, knowing full well that the Heat may not have an answer for him. Yeah, I think the Heat's plan coming in, at least, it, you know, if I'm trying to get in the mind of Eric Straw, and, you know, that that would be awesome because he's really smart and he's the best coach in the league, is I would think they want to start out saying, hey, Jokic, you score. We're not going to, you know, basically, Bam, sorry, you're kind of getting sacrificed a little bit here, and Bam is going to have to do what he can in one-on-one, and essentially when – Jokic has to try and be a scorer primarily and not facilitate as much. That's when Denver gets a little iffy. His two highest scoring, the two times he scored 40 plus games in the playoffs are two of the three Denver losses in the playoffs. So when they're able to get the ball popping and get teams in rotation, that's when Denver has been just unstoppable. So if it's Jokic, we dare you to put up 40. We dare you to put up 50. We're going to stay home or else and essentially just try and make your offense slightly less efficient 
So that way, you know, bring their bar down a little bit because the offensive floor on Denver is so high so that if Miami's able to get a high-end outcome for them, they could have more of a chance in game one. And even if, you know, that's a possibility that they they don't start out doing that and it's a lot more like we see kind of generic in a game one, I think that's something as the series progresses, if it goes the way a lot of us are thinking, that could be something that they go that Miami goes to just with the zone not being really viable when Jokic is on the floor. Maybe they give their defense a little bit of a rest in the uh, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown minutes, something like that. But when Jokic is on the floor, you know, that as a, as a wrinkle is kind of out the door outside of a possession or two. So I think it's going to be, hey, Jokic, you try and beat us. So that's why I, I'm, I'm over his points for tonight, thinking that'll probably be one of the things to look at for sure. All right. Leaders, you are one to wager like this heading into a series, but it's a little different when you're talking about a Denver Nuggets series because your rebounds leader, Jokic, is a minus 20,000 favorite. Your assist leader, <laughs> yes. Jokic, is a minus 20,000 favorite. Uh, are you uh, going in on anything or do you say, hey, you know what? That price is wrong and uh, maybe there's a little bit of value in one of those categories. I'm going to be keeping an eye on the three-point leader. And that's when I'm probably going to play as it goes. I'm not going to go into it with it because I want to see, I want to see how Michael Porter Jr. does having to navigate all these screens because that's the thing too is I wonder how much this is a Michael Porter Jr. series versus maybe a little bit more Bruce Brown. Like, where do those extra Bruce Brown minutes come from? Are they coming from KCP, who's very good at navigating screens and maybe actually not as good of an on-ball defender, or is it going to come from Michael Porter Jr. who has the length? And that's great, but against Miami, where you're having to navigate all these screens and he might be chasing around either I like Duncan Robinson or Max Drews or whatever it ends up being, maybe just the high-end outcomes are a little off the table for a guy like uh, like Michael Porter. So I do want to see how that game plays out in game one. But there's one thing I played, and it's a total long shot and don't put much on it. But uh, <laughs> Jamal Murray, to lead, the lead, to lead the series in assists, is plus 4,200. And for the guy that in this series has the second most assists per game, that's a crazy number. Just because, and if it, but it also pairs with what about Jokic? If Jokic is going to be forced to score a ton, those assist opportunities are likely going to be going to Jamal Murray. In that two-man game, like I mentioned, a lot of Murray's assists end up being to Jokic. So I think that's. Uh, that's got a good chance, at least if nothing else, the number's wrong. It's At one book, it's plus 4,200. At another, it's plus 1,700. So it's just there's one book that's really off market on it. So if it's around there, like down to probably 35 to 1, I would still play that. I just think Murray's going to have more potential assists than people are thinking. And there's going to be especially if this is a short series. So variance matters even more. And Jokic has, let's say, a 45-point game where he gets four assists, something like that. In his big scoring games, that has happened. And Murray is at nine or ten at that point. Jokic can make that up in one or two games, but it does put Murray in a spot where if he hits his normal, you know, five, six, and he can get to seven, he could have the ability in a short series to be able to sustain that. 
So you think Jokic is going to have a 45-point-plus game? Because I think that's something you can bet on, too. But let's talk about the props for tonight. Uh, I know you mentioned you're looking at over on Jokic points. What else do you have your eye on for tonight? I think this series plays out pretty decent for Aaron Gordon. Just because when you think about the Lakers series where he really got minimalized, that's a lot of bulk that he was dealing with. And... Miami's probably stuck between do you start the normal lineup that you have been where you're really small or at some point are they really going to give Kevin Love more time and one thing Aaron Gordon is really good at well a couple things great cutter and Miami is a smart defense but he's also a guy that's willing to cut seal in the paint and then be able to just bully so if he has Max Struess on him or it's Caleb Barton or whoever it ends up being He has no qualms getting the ball either at the elbow and just bullying someone down. Like, as much as we think about the cool passing and the three-point shooting from the Denver Nuggets, they're also a physical team that'll say, screw you and take you down to the post if you're a small team. Jokic will do it. Aaron Gordon will do it. Jamal Murray will do it. So that's something that I like his points, rebounds, assist number, especially if he's going to have the high minutes load because he's going to be on Jimmy a good amount of the time. Maybe that limits his rebounds a little, but his assists have been going up seven potential assists in the last two games of that series, and his uh, assist prop is like two and a half, so they're not banking on him to do a whole lot there. Uh, and then the other thing, why am I missing what I – oh, uh, Max Struess over nine and a half points. I think it's just one of those where if people are saying Caleb Martin's going to come down a little bit in terms – people want to bet Caleb Martin unders. Who's going to get those opportunities more? And it could be Max Struess, who is a bigger body, could maybe stay with Michael Porter Jr. a little bit better. And it's down to half. So for Struess, that's just not, it's not that high of a threshold for him to have to clear. And it's partially just me banking on some sort of bounce back from him. And if he hits a shot or two, he'll get more shot attempts than he was getting at the end of the series against the Celtics. I think the matchup's just a little bit better for him. Just about 30 seconds left here for you, Rick. Uh, In terms of Gabe Vincent, his ankle injury came back from missing game five. How did he look to you, and could he be a liability, uh, say, defensively? He could be. I think what's interesting is how Miami decides to try and defend Jamal Murray. I think they're going to rotate guys going to him, but I think they're – if I had to guess, I think they would probably start Vincent over on KCP. But the thing is, KCP – he does end up in the corners a lot, but it's not like he's just chilling in the corners a lot. Like both of these teams have good off ball movement. So I think they're going to try and hide him. Denver's smart enough to try and get him involved, but he could be a bit of a liability, but I also don't know what other options Miami has just because even if Tyler hero plays at some point in the series, it's not going to be till later. And he sucks on defense too. Exactly. <laughs> Rick came from four for four bets and bet spurs. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Enjoy game one of the NBA Finals tonight. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's a new month, which means it's time to update our list of losers right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.